The following presentation has been brought to you by HSF Productions. Making their way to the studio, representing the wrestling capital of the world, Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, your hosts of the Impromptu Wrestling Podcast, Tally and Damien. Hey guys, welcome back to IWP, the Impromptu Wrestling Podcast. We are your hosts, I'm Tally006. Over to my left, as always, is my brother Damien, and dude, we're here. It's finally happened, episode 52 the official one-year anniversary of IWP. It's a big deal. What do you think? We did it. It's crazy that um, it, it went by so fast, I feel. And uh, I, w- I went back earlier this week and watched, you know, some of our <laughs> first things and how it's changed and evolved. And uh, I think we got a lot better over this past year and um, really looking forward to, to uh, what wrestling is going to bring in the next year and, and, and how the show is going to constantly evolve. So yeah, just having a really great time with you. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, you always hear practice makes perfect, get the reps in. You kind of, you know, I, I've been known to shrug it off having somewhat of natural talent you know, in, in certain things, you know, soccer and stuff like that. And yeah, I didn't really practice soccer as hard as I could have. I could have been really good probably, but young and naive. I think this podcast over the last year and how much better we've gotten, I think is just proof. Like practice makes perfect. We're 52 episodes in. We got, we got it kind of dialed in, but it could be better. It can always be better. And let's talk about how we're going to make season two this next year even better um i think we kind of listening back to the past few weeks episodes i i couldn't help but find myself saying man this week's episode bte just wasn't that good and and just really dreading even talking about it so we kind of talked about it last week and and leading into this week we're gonna drop AEW Dark and BTE off our weekly review. If you know, we're still going to watch it. We'll still pay attention. If something cool happens, by all means, we're going to talk about it. If we see a hot new star come up on Dark, we're going to bring them up. You know, if something funny happens on BTE that involves a story, we'll bring it up. But from here on out, we're going to cancel those two uh, sections of the show. We're going to keep breaking kayfabe. We'll probably end up putting some of this BTE, AEW Dark stuff in Breaking Kayfabe, which will lead right into AEW Dark. Um, Of course, Scoop of Vanilla, if something entertaining ever happens in the Vanilla brand, we'll we'll be sure to bring it up in Scoop of Vanilla. But, uh, you know, those moments are few and far between. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So with that being said, that's going to be our new format leading into year two. Uh, But let's talk about uh, 
this week's episode, this week's show. We got a great show for you. Uh, we're going to be talking about Impact Wrestling a little bit. They had their No Surrender pay-per-view last week, which involved AEW Tag Team Private Party. We'll talk about that. We also have the results from round one of the Japanese side uh, in the AEW Women's World Championship Eliminator Tournament. There are some cool matches uh, and matchups. Got to see some new faces in that, so we'll talk about that a little bit later on. And, of course, AEW Dynamite. Uh, it was a, another banger of a show. I can't wait to talk about that. But uh, we do have a little bit of news to go over, so let's get right into this week's Breaking Kayfabe. Last week we mentioned, um, we were talking about Sammy Guevara. He officially quits uh, the inner circle. Marvez has that kind of moment with him out in the parking lot. He, he makes the comment... You know, I just got to get away from here. I need to go away for a little while. And we did our speculations, you know, with all the working uh, relationships that AEW has. You mentioned AAA would probably be a good fit for him. I thought it wouldn't even be bad if he just took some time off, stayed away for a little while, make that return even bigger. Apparently, there were plans in the making. And some news broke this week that uh, the plans didn't quite go as planned. <laughs> Sammy Guevara was supposed to, uh, you know, work with Impact Wrestling. He was going to go over to Impact Wrestling and do a storyline. It sounds like now I should preface this whole um, this whole conversation, depending on who, which news site you're you're, you're reading you're going to get a different story, a different timeline of events. So I'm not really sure exactly what happened here. Uh, I don't even think the news sites know exactly what happened here. There's a lot of hearsay going on. But essentially, there was a plan. Sammy Guevara was going to be on impact. Somewhere in the middle, Sammy didn't like the idea, decided he wanted or suggested some other ideas. Impact didn't want to do that. They wiped their hands clean of the situation and everybody's going their, their different ways. Plug in the media. Sammy's doesn't want to play ball. Uh, you know, Sammy didn't show up. Depending on who, you, who you're reading, you're going to get a different story. Some people are saying the Impact AEW relationship is still good. Some people are saying uh, Impact's pretty pissed off. What are your thoughts on this whole situation? I mean, it's just too bad. I think this would have been a great opportunity for AEW, Sammy Guevara, and, and Impact. Um, he's a, a rising star, and to have him show up on Impact, I think would be really good for both companies. Uh, but like you say, we're, we're hearing a lot of you know, different stories from different places, and... It seems like every news outlet has their own sources and, you know, what really is the story here? We'll probably never know. If I had to guess, I'm going to say that I bet you Sammy has a bit of a chip on his shoulder. You know, he's, he's, on, he's on a bigger show than Impact. Um, he's very much about his character and how he's 
represented. And it sounded like, at least from what I read, that they were going to be putting him with Decay, which uh, is at uh, Rosemary and some other guy. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe he didn't feel like that sort of, I don't know what avenue you call that. <laughs> Uh, you know, kind of goth or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, maybe he didn't feel like that was his lane or whatever, and it, it didn't quite work out. I, I really hope that it doesn't hurt the relationship between the two companies and we still see that crossover. But um, I don't know. I guess Sammy's future right now is is kind of... Uh, in the balance, Wait, where where is he going to head from here? Is he going to come back to AEW? I don't know. What do you what do you think about the situation? I mean, again, I, I I agree with you. I I think maybe Sammy went into this with a an inflated ego, a little bit. He's coming off of you know coming out of the the most dominant faction in professional wrestling. You could argue, um, he is a star. You got to look at private party doing the impact thing right into the title picture. Maybe he thought he was going to get some similar treatment. I I mean, I think that could have been cool if, if they threw Sammy into the, into the X division, I think a Sammy TJP match would have been amazing. Impact had different, different um, plans. Obviously the thing that I don't understand about the whole thing is that the plan the plan was agreed upon all parties were agreed this is the direction we're going that's the report i'm reading who got in sammy's ear and said dude you're better than that Sa- sammy has always played ball i feel he's always done the job when he needs to just look at all these crazy bumps that the guy takes inside of AEW None of these bumps are helping his career anyway. So don't, you know, don't tell me that uh, Sammy doesn't play ball. I think someone may have gotten in his ear. I'm leading towards maybe Jericho. You know what I mean? Like kayfabe aside, break, let's break the kayfabe here. Uh, Jericho is still a mentor to Sammy Guevara. Like that bond is not being broken here. I think I think that might be part of it. I do believe that the this this does not hurt the relationship. I think if Impact was truly pissed off about it, Private Party would have got buried hard at No Surrender. The Good Brothers probably don't show up on Dynamite. Mind you, was it pre-taped? Did they already have that footage? Who knows. We'll see mm-hmm. going forward, but I I really believe that um, you know Don Don Callis Scott Demore Tony Khan they understand the business um you know they they know that this one mishap this one step back isn't gonna hurt the whole kind of kind of deal so I think we're fine moving forward with Impact and AEW yeah the big thing is is that it wasn't announced that he was going to be there. So it'd be one thing if he was announced to be there and then didn't show up, that'd be pretty, pretty crappy. Yes. Uh, Jericho was definitely involved in this, in the, the uh, article that I read, Jericho was in contact with Sammy and mm-hmm. 
was kind of instructing on instructing him to either come back from from Nashville, Nashville. Or, yeah. or or whatnot. So yeah, you're you're probably right. This probably has a little bit of influence with Jericho. He knows the business. And, you know, maybe this was turning out to not be a very good deal for for Sammy and he advised him, you know, not mm. to to go forward with it. Like I say, who knows? And and I think Sammy handles himself well here. He came back with some other ideas, you know, some compromises. Hey, what if we did this instead? Now, mind you, was it, hey, how about me and Rich Swan for the title? I could understand Impact maybe not wanting to go that route. We don't know what the co- what the counter offer was, but uh, I think Sammy handles himself properly here. He did the right thing. He he was willing to work with just hey, let's try something else. They didn't want to do that. Like I said, they clean their they wash their hands of the situation. Let's move on. So I, I think we're fine. Impact's yeah. fine. They're fine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Speaking of impact, let's talk about impact uh, a little bit as we uh, as we saw the no surrender pay per view last Saturday. So no surrender pay per view last Saturday. I, I I watched it. I skimmed through most of it. I was really just we were really just here to see the triple threat tag team match. You know, private party being a part of the the story here uh, in the match. Uh, the week before, Chris Saban and James Storm being added, added to the match, you know, added some, I don't know, intrigue, I guess. Uh, we'll, we'll see how they, they pull this off. But I did kind of skim through the rest of the uh, pay-per-view a little bit. The X Division um, gauntlet triple threat match was was pretty cool. I don't understand how... They have three men in the ring all at once. Someone gets pinned. They're eliminated. The next guy comes out. But once it's the final three, it was just the first pin. That kind of, I feel like Trey Miguel started the match, was there to the end, never gets pinned, loses the match. I mean, I get it. It's kind of the nature of a triple threat match, but that guy, Trey Miguel is pretty amazing wrestler. And he, I feel like he got screwed. If it's going to be a gauntlet match, I mean, everybody should be eliminated. But that was a really cool match. Uh, congratulations, Josh Alexander, now the number one contender for TJP's X Division title. That was pretty cool. Uh, we had the um, Battle of the Best Friends, I, I guess you could say, or X Best Friends. Uh, Matt Cardona, you know, making his Impact debut. Well, I guess not. He, he wrestled a, a couple weeks ago, but pay-per-view debut tagging with Eddie Edwards going up against Brian Myers and uh, his henchman, his bodyguard, whatever you want to call him, uh, Hernandez, I think was his name. So that, that was a pretty cool match. We, we just watched it literally 20 minutes ago. I thought the best part of this match was how they kind of kept Cardona and Myers separated because that's what we're there to see. I thought that was a really cool little touch. Absolutely, and uh, I, I think that's classic, a classic wrestling move. We'll actually talk about it later uh, in Dynamite. Dynamite did yep. the exact same thing. So when you get that moment at the end where they're actually together, it, that build-up too was just fantastic. Best part of the match was seeing those two guys uh, wrestle. You know, they're supposed to be best friends, not best friends anymore. Yeah, I thought it was the best part of the match. 
Cardona looks awesome, you know, better than ever. Uh, sad not to see him on AEW anymore, but uh, yeah, making a, an impact in an impact that I didn't say that right. Uh, come back. <laughs> I had some better. Um, <laughs> and then from there, we, we get into, I mean, honestly, the main event of the evening, Private Party versus the Good Brothers versus Saban and Storm for the Impact Tag Team Championships. This was... um. This was a weird one for me. I, I don't I don't get these triple threat tag team matches where one tag team is kind of always aside. I feel like I feel like a triple threat tag team match should be a triple threat similar to the to the uh, eliminator gauntlet match that we just saw. Like why can't one person from each team kind of be legal? at one time and you know as this match rolls on we get a little bit further in of course all hell breaks loose we don't even know who's legal anymore i feel like there was a couple of young buck tags in there uh, if you get my meaning i totally do but overall the the spots are really cool we got to see some uh high high flying action you know private party showing off their stuff good brothers being the uh the beasts that they are really showing off their power and uh you know Saban and, and Storm doing some cool stuff too. It was a decent match. Ending was a little bit sloppy, I felt, but it you know, it keeps it keeps private party looking good. And and, and the good brothers steal one, which is good for their heel characters. So I mean, all in all it was fine. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't a bad match at all. Um I probably wouldn't say it's pay-per-view match of the year. Uh, <laughs> Probably it probably won't end up being that. Um, yeah, I thought Private Party represented AEW well. I, I guess we could also say the Good Brothers also represented AEW well, since uh, <laughs> yeah, they get more appearances on AEW than they do on Impact. Um, did we ever talk about why we think Saban and Storm were added to this match? Because on the poster. It is private party and good brothers. It, they they were not. They, this couldn't have been the master plan from the beginning. Yeah, I, I I'm not sure how this all goes down. Like if you remember last week, um, I mentioned that I didn't really pay attention and watch all of Impact on Tuesday, the go home show before the pay per view. I didn't really pay too much attention to it all. And, uh, yeah, apparently there was a whole segment where Scott Demore is talking to Matt Hardy and, and private party and saying how you guys kind of screwed them out of their shot. So, you know, the only logical thing is for this to be a triple threat tag team. I think it was kind of, um, I don't know. I, I really think that the impact diehards had a lot to say about AEW kind of just stepping into the title picture so easily let's say and maybe this was just a way to 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 appease the the diehard impact fans out there let's just throw another impact yeah you know, i know the whole thing was weird yeah yeah do you think maybe it was the impact wrestlers themselves like maybe chris saban going like hey man i've been you know blood sweat and tears out here and these guys are going to come in and yeah, and headline the show. That's not right, kind of thing. 
it's possible. It's very, very possible. I, I, I do know that the, the impact locker room, not that they run the place or anything like that, but you know, they are listened to, uh, from Don and Scott and, you know, their opinions are very much, uh, you know, accounted for. So that, that's, that's a possibility too. Yeah. 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 So yeah, no surrender. I mean, like I said, I kind of skimmed through it quickly. I, I, I was playing Call of Duty while I was watching most of the matches, let's say. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. uh, it was a good show. Uh, private Party, you know, representing good, like we said. Matt Cardona and Brian Myers putting on a good show. And, uh, I mean, if you guys have 20 minutes to, to spare, go check out that uh, X Division number one contender triple threat gauntlet match. It was pretty cool. There was some cool stuff in that one as well. With that being said, let's get right into this week's Wednesday night. Dynamite. Wednesday night, Dynamite, February 17th, live from Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. This was an absolute banger of an episode. I thought it was really, really good. There's lots of action. Man, like... It was like eight o'clock. It was halfway through the show. We had already seen four matches. I was like, what is going on here? They crammed matches into the show, but it didn't feel like it's not like the matches were short by any mean. They didn't feel like, I mean, we had the one kind of you could argue was a squash match, but it, I don't know. It was really well paced. There wasn't a lot of segments, I think was the big difference. The show flowed really well. Uh, I, I I enjoyed it start to finish. Yeah, I felt the same way. And it's kind of been, I want to say at least uh, two out of the last four shows they've structured this way with less segments and more matches. And yeah, like uh, it, it, this, this show actually felt long to me. Like I, I went to go check how much time was left. Cause I, I didn't watch it live with you this week. I was watching it after and I'm just like, wow, I feel like I've been sitting here for like two hours and it was only like an hour. I mean, I really enjoyed it. It didn't drag on, but it was just, yeah, we were getting just so much and it, yeah, well paced and yeah, it was, it was a really good show. I really enjoyed this one. Yeah. When you're used to the regular slotted segments of where the matches are, when you see that fourth match, uh, I believe it was Cassidy the Cassidy match, you're like, okay, you know, we're going into the main event after this one, you know, the regular five match system. And then, yeah, you realize it's only been an hour and you're like, holy smokes, like what's going on here. Uh, But no, it was a good show. It was a good show. Don't, uh, don't take our, our description of that as, as something bad. It was, it was really, really well done as always though. The mat, the show starting off with the match hybrid two already in the ring going up against Hardy and Hangman uh this you know relationship if if that's what you want to call it this uh temporary alliance if you will getting another shot i like these two together i i think they're i'd rather see Hardy and Hangman interact than uh Hardy and the private party uh, or private shardy sorry how many times did i say private party tonight already my bad sorry <laughs> sorry viewers i didn't Private even catch Charlie. it actually <laughs> yeah, yeah. um but i like these two together and uh they worked really well in this match um it was pretty 
pretty solid match. I, I, I feel like this was one of the better uh, TH2 matches working with some bigger guys. You know, we see TH2 working with, you know, their high flyer uh, style guys are always great matches, but they seem to... Um, they seem to look their size when they get up against some bigger guys, but this felt right to me, this match. Yeah, I would agree with that. Absolutely. Um, Hangman and, and Matt Hardy worked really, really well together and the hybrid two, they work really well together. I, I, I couldn't pick out any sort of botch or anything. This was as if these four guys you know, I've been working together for years. Really smooth match. It's a great way to start off Dynamite this week. I mean, I, I completely agree with you there. It was a very, very clean match. If if you had to pick something that was a little out of place is uh it was the buckshot lariat at the end. Hangman was a little uh a little early or um I forget who took it, if it was Angelico or Jack Evans. They were a little late turning around, but that was a little awkward of a spot, but it still looked clean. Hardy and Hangman getting the, uh, you know, getting the win. Uh, again, Har- did, did Hardy tag himself in and steal steal the one, two, three on this one? Or I can't really remember no, this how was, that uh, all went down. I, no, it was a pretty normal, uh, he was the legal man and and all that so they were very much playing this as as legit we should also mention that at the beginning of this match when when um matt hardy's entrance is happening they're playing some footage from last week and i'll admit i i'm glad they they did this little kind of replay of this because i did not notice one very key part of this segment. I don't even think we talked about it last week when we did this. Uh, did, did you see the old switcheroo last week? <laughs> well, if you, if you guys li- listen back to last week's episode, when we talk about this section, I see Matt Hardy up on the screen and, uh, and I, and I tune out. <laughs> so right. I absolutely did not see this. And like you said, they, they replay the, the segment. It, it helps that, you know, social media throughout the week, I, I was like, oh, this happened? That's kind of cool. So now they're showing it again. Of course, I see it this time. I, I feel now let no, I'm not even going to I'm not even going to retcon myself. I was going to say, oh, I mean, I remember seeing some papers in his jacket. I'll admit it. But no, I, I didn't see shit last week. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this all leads into what happens post-match. And, uh, you know, Hardy's got the microphone. He does his big money Matt thing, tries to get everybody uh, hyped on Hangman. So Hangman, you know, is feeling good about this contract and all this stuff. Hangman takes the mic, though, and and kind of says, slow down, Hardy. I need to tell you something kind of thing. What do you think of how hangman handled himself here uh bringing the bringing the mascot out and and all that stuff and how he tells hardy that he uh he got one over on him i thought it, i thought it was really cool this part of the show would have been really confusing for me if they hadn't done that 
that whole replay thing. I would have been, yes. you know, scrambling to go and watch last week's show, but uh, they did it right. It totally makes sense what's happening here. Hangman's basically saying, hey, Matt, like, did you read that contract uh, that I signed and whatnot? Um, as if, uh, you know, Hangman had this all planned from the very beginning. And um, I, I, I thought it was a bit weird that they had Jackson DeVille the Jack, the Jacksonville Jaguars mascot come out and, and do this. Um, I don't know. Well, uh, yeah, it, especially, I guess it, it makes sense, but it's still weird. Especially since hangman kind of introduces them as his legal team kind of thing. And, and if right. you, if you noticed on hangman's lower third at the beginning, he, it says that he hired a sketchy legal team. So they were kind of foreshadowing the double turn or the, the double swerve, I guess, even before the match started. So there's that too. Yeah. The mascot's a little weird, but I mean, it's a way to get Isaiah out there for like, like I said, for the double swerve. I mean, we don't have to go through all the details. Essentially hangman switched the contracts. The contract was for a match that Matt signed uh, the match is to take place at revolution hangman. If hangman wins, he's going to get all of Hardy's earnings for the first quarter of the year. Hardy is like, well, you know, if, if I'm putting up that much, you have to put something up too. And so essentially this is a big money match for big money. Matt versus hangman. Whoever loses this match is not getting paid for the first four months of the year. I mean, it's not the, it's not the craziest stipulate stipulation we've ever seen before. It's, it's, it's kind of gimmicky, but uh, whatever, man, we get to see Hardy versus hangman, which is something we, we wanted to see when this kind of all started. So uh, I'm all for it. Let's, let's get it on. The, the only thing I didn't like about all of this is the whole point of last week's segment was you know, Hangman got one up on Matt Hardy, who's been ripping off everybody. Right. So why don't we go with that? The contract's already signed. Why Why is there a counter offer right. to this? It shouldn't be a counter offer. It's you signed it. This is what the match is. Um. So I think it, it's, a, it's a small detail. You know, we're splitting hairs at this point, but... It's just, it's one of those things that doesn't make sense. It's like MJF recording the yes. conversation with Sammy, yet there's a camera in the room, which they've, they've talked to the camera guy, like directly. Right. So it, it's a part yeah. of the, the whole scene. Um, Yeah, just a little silly. I, I, w I would say if that part's removed from this, I'd rather see Matt, you know, kicking the ropes and... Right, you know, ripping up the contract, being all upset about it, and then that leads into this feud we're gonna have for, I don't know, what do we got? Two weeks till pay per view. Yep, yep. yep. Uh, so from there, uh, of course, we mentioned it already. Isaiah Cassidy is in the mascot. He takes the head off, uh, attacks Hangman. Him and Hardy uh, put the boots to Hangman. Negative one. 
coming out for the rescue six the dark order and and helps save hangman and and uh there's a really touching moment as hangman gets up and realizes the entire dark order was there had his back uh there was no really interaction there was just some smiles uh it looked like silver was maybe wanting a hug but uh didn't get it uh but i didn't uh, notice anna jay was she looking all pissed off i don't even think she got to, i don't even think she was there was she okay, there okay she might have been still up on stage with negative one i don't know i didn't see her there but um we mentioned when you know when hangman said no you i think it was you who asked me the question is this over and i guess this is our answer this hangman dark order love affair is not over so i like it that's like pretty it. cool that's pretty cool from there we get into uh one of the only segments of the of the week uh marvez interviewing santana and ortiz along with inner circle you know santana ortiz talking about their tag team match coming up but also jericho really uh i I, I don't know how to say this but mjf is trying to put some more bad bad blood or or blood on sammy's hands as it's sammy's fault but you know jericho kind of steps in and says no dude this is all your fault and uh that's kind of an interesting take on it i do like that uh you mentioned the camera the recording thing they kind of talk about it in this really quick they they kind of retcon themselves a little bit uh for the blunder and AEW's always been good at that when they kind of realize they made a mistake they rewrite it and work it in kind of explain it a little bit which is always really cool but yeah this was i mean this was an okay segment it is classic inner circle anyways but we're still seeing that there's a lot of tension there uh still within inner circle my favorite part about this is that no comedy. Jericho is is talking like the leader he is. Everything's very, very serious. And he ends this off with, you know, let's go get ourselves a championship. And um, I think that's what Inner Circle needs to be. You know, use the comedy every now and then. But let's be a, a force um, that that um, that group that, you know, kicks ass takes names kind of thing yeah for sure for sure so uh inner circle kind of getting back to being inner circle is always a good thing uh this leads into our next matchup of the night um for me honestly match of the night i thoroughly enjoyed this match this is an the second round one uh match of the women's world title eliminator tournament uh, we have NWA champion Serena Deeb taking on the long-awaited return of former AEW Women's Champion Riho. Um, I was super excited to see Riho, uh, you know, make her comeback. Uh, I, I feel like she got a really big pop from, uh, you know, from the wrestlers at ringside, from the few fans that are lucky enough to be in attendance. I thought that was really cool. I, I honestly think she was surprised that she did get the ovation that she did. What has it been like 11 months they were saying since her last match on, uh, on dynamite. Uh, so it was a really big deal. And I think she was a, a little taken aback by uh, the ovation. I don't think she was expecting it. 
Yeah, and I think Serena Deeb also noticed this. They the camera panned her a couple times, and she was just smiling like uh, a veteran. You know, uh, seeing this this uh, younger person getting all of these accolades. Uh, I thought that was kind of you know breaking kayfabe a little bit, but I thought it was a, a really honest moment, and um, yeah, really cool for for Riho to be back and and get that different style of women's wrestling, I think it's it's going to be good for the division. Yeah, we've been begging for some of these uh, women's uh, wrestlers to return to the main roster. So this is going to be huge. I was super excited about this match. And like I said, match of the night for me. This match did not disappoint. It should be mentioned because it's kind of very important to the story that they told in the match. But uh, Deeb suffering a, a knee injury. Uh, I forget what match they they kind of refer it to, but uh, she had been with the doctors for a few weeks. She's wearing a knee brace. Commentary kept talking about it, and this knee comes into play during this match as she's selling it, um, act like selling it very realistically. I feel like if this was a legit injury, it looked like it. If this is just a an absolute work, an absolute sell job then you know hats off to d man they had the doctor coming out and checking on her like it looked legit it was really cool but it all fit within the story that they were telling it was so cool like it it just added to the match absolutely uh, the uh, the only thing with this is i thought a couple of times the moves that she was doing there's no way she could do with the the type of selling she was doing on that True. knee so i was just like oh okay i guess we're not selling now but uh i mean if you're you're not watching wrestling like we do right then you probably don't even notice those kinds of things um the biggest part of the match for, for me was uh Rio off the top rope with the double foot stomp mm. into the gut of Deeb I mean I know Rio is like 45 pounds soaking wet but Still, 45 pounds on your gut's got to hurt. I'm, pre I'm pretty sure it's 98 pounds, as JR says. <laughs> <laughs> and and again, it's... Yeah, he always makes a point yeah, of saying that. Yeah, it's been age. 11 months, but he still said it four times in this match. Um, yeah, no, I agree with what you're saying with Dave. You know, she's limping around. She's doing a really good job. And then she just pops this, you know, this vertical suplex like, like it was nobody's business. But... Uh, Holds it in a bridge. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Nick <laughs> Nick Nemeth is, is, is on the roster, or sorry, Ryan Nemeth is, is on the roster now. He probably gave uh, Deeb her brother's phone, her, his brother's phone number, one of the best knee sellers in the business being Dolph Ziggler. So uh, I'm sure she got some pointers from, from uh, Zig. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. But yeah, this was a great match. Uh we got a lot of false finishes into the end. I had no idea where they were going to go for this with this one, but uh, Riho coming out with the win. I thought the finish was was perfect. It it, it fit. Riho getting a big pop after the one two three. Uh, this was all just really really well done. I was so happy for this match. Yeah, I was I was a bit surprised. I actually thought that that Deeb would win this. But then thinking after, it probably makes more sense for Rio to go on because it'll get her on TV at least, uh, you know, one more time, possibly, possibly more here where 
Uh, Deeb's pretty established in AEW now. She's also, um, you know, possibly fighting in in the other companies there. So um, it, it, it makes sense kind of after thinking about it that this was the, the way they needed to go. Yeah, and the results is interesting for this too because the winner between Riho and Deeb was going to face last week's winner in Thunder Rosa. We've kind of already seen Deeb and Thunder Rosa many, many times. I think if we do see that NWA women's re, uh, rematch, we're not going to see it on AEW. So I think that's probably another reason why Rehill wins this. Um, but let's talk about... Yeah, good point. Well, let's talk about the women's eliminator tournament as Monday we saw four uh, prelim round one matches on the Japanese side, uh, some familiar faces, uh, a couple new faces, but, uh, overall these four matches were, were interesting to watch. Um, very much, very much a, a Japanese style of match. We've seen Japanese, the Japanese girls, Riho, Yuka, Sh- uh, Shida work in AEW with an American audience in mind where I really feel like these four matches knew they were home in Japan. They knew there was no American influence is kind of what I'm trying to say here. This was true Japanese style matches and it showed very interesting to watch. Uh, what did you think of the, the matches that we saw coming out of Japan? Yeah, you're totally right. Like it, there was a, an entirely different style to how these ladies were wrestling it was very reminded me very much of uh, japanese style video games Mm. um or uh anime cartoons he was very they're very vocal their facial expressions are you know over exaggerated they they really really tell a story and it's 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 a different type of story it's a very japanese style storytelling um i i thoroughly enjoyed the the matches that i watched and um funny story is when i looked it up on youtube so i didn't watch it live when i looked it up on youtube i clicked the first one i found and it was japanese commentator so i watched (laughs) the the first match here in japanese and then thought man I was pretty sure Jeff told me that Excalibur was doing the commentary on this. Why am I watching this in Japanese? And um, I'm pretty sure that Shida was actually one of the commentators for the Japanese version. Yeah, yeah. I might have to go back in and watch that. I, I, I enjoy watching or listening to the Japanese language. Um, there's much like you mentioned their facial expressions and, and, uh, and their vocalizations and stuff like that. They're very animated, no pun intended, but like when I, when I, sometimes when I watch anime, you know, my Dragon Ball Z DVDs, I'll put on the Japanese audio just to kind of have it in because the emotions are, 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 are closer to what was intended. Let's say. I might want to go back and, and maybe listen or listen to uh, some of these commentaries for some of these matches. I bet they're excite more exciting than maybe Excalibur was putting forth, but uh, some still some really great matches. Let's just run through um, the winners here. We had uh, the magical girl, my magical girl, Yuka Sakazaki going over on uh, 
May Suruga, I believe is how they said it. Suruga. Uh, Emi Sakura. So glad you're doing these names. <laughs> Emi Sakura <laughs> going over on uh, Venny. Uh, Venny was an interesting character. Uh, I, I did a little bit of research on them. Uh, if you guys don't know uh, the story of Venny, go go check out the their Wikipedia. It, it's a it's a pretty interesting story. Um, okay, I'm not even gonna. I, I should have researched this one, but uh, Rio Mizunami. <laughs> Uh, going over on Maki Ito. Yeah, that was pretty good. And then Aja Kong going over uh, Rin Kadukura. So there's some really cool matches. I think uh, Yuka and uh, Su- Suruga were, were probably match of the night. They put on a really good show. Yuka was amazing. I can't believe the way that girl can balance on the in the middle of the rope like that. She's an athlete, man. I, I, I'm so... I'm just smitten with Yuka. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's got that that smile that just melts your heart yeah. and um and sh- she can wrestle man she really like, can that was a, a really really good match hard hitting too like i i i think i mentioned it to you you know, when we talked about the japanese style um what was very evident is that the girls ran fast there was intensity their chops and their strikes were hard and the acrobatics are the acrobatics we know they're known for their acrobatics but when they would drop and grab a hold, very, very weak looking. Like they were very conscious of not hurting each other when it came to submissions and holds and stuff like that, which I thought was weird, but I'll kick you in the face and it's going to, you're going to feel like I kicked you in the face. It's just kind of odd, you know, hold holds being the safer part, you know, so you could really crank them in and you're still not really hurting your opponent, but I'm going to kick you across the bridge of your nose and explode it. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy. I wonder, I wonder if it's just an interpretation of like old school American wrestling, Maybe. you know, where, you know, you think of a uh, Ric Flair in an arm bar or something like that. And you know, the way he's just like agonizing, they're just taking what they've seen there. And, and it's more about the cell rather than the, yeah applying the move and making it like it actually does hurt. Right. I don't know. Yeah. No, I I, th- I think you're right. I think that's exactly what it is. Let's just say if Stu Hart was watching these matches, he'd be so angry. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's, he's rolling in his grave for sure. For sure. <laughs> Shout out to Stu Hart. Uh, from there, we get a video package of um, Shaq and Jade Cargill, which was uh, a pretty interesting it was a pretty interesting two minutes. I, I got to say, I, I felt like we needed to see Jade working in the ring. We still have not seen this girl even throw a body slam or run a rope, you know, and, and we haven't seen Shaq in, in a wrestling ring for a very, very long time either. I thought these two would be, you know, showing us some wrestling, getting us some sneak peeks, but no, we're at the gym. We're going to shoot some hoops. I mean, it's kind of a little on the nose, but I guess we're we're seeing that these two are athletes and and you know it is what it is kind of thing. I you know what I I they they show Jade at the beginning and she's you know wearing not a lot of clothes. She's showing <laughs> off her muscles. She's very believable as I'm thinking, you know, she can wrestle even though we haven't seen it. But who I need to see is Shaq. Like, can Shaq even run anymore? I don't know. 
I've only saw <laughs> behind a desk. You Could know, Jade's Jade's shooting three throws like, you know, she's uh, I don't even know what you call it. Yeah. And then Shaq throws a couple of free throws. He's getting them in. I'm like, this is edited. This is this is not even real. <laughs> he they never showed hit him that many two. shots. He, they, they showed him sink two. He had 70 attempts. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> they were almost going to shut down filming for the day. It's like, yeah. No, nah, I can Shaq, get one. I we can need get one, one guys. more. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Like I said, I don't really get what this shows us, you know, besides that, you know, Jade's ripped and uh, she can wear the hell out of a Canadian tuxedo bikini. But, uh, you know, other than that, I don't know what we get out of this. It's kind of odd. Is this, uh, you know, we're so good, we don't even have to practice wrestling. We're just. Yeah, it might be that. Yeah. When you look at it that way, that's it's actually pretty badass. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's all leading up to March 3rd. We're two weeks away from March 3rd's episode of Dynamite where they take on Cody Rhodes and Red Velvet. I can only assume next week on Dynamite we're going to see something out of Cody and Red Velvet. So uh, looking forward to seeing that. This leads into our next matchup of the night. Uh, we get freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy uh, back with Chucky Taylor um, going up against Luther. Uh, and he has Serpentico in his corner. I thought this was an interesting, um, an interesting matchup. I wasn't really sure where they were going to go with this. And I mean, it ends up really being, really being a squash match for Orange Cassidy. I thought that was kind of an interesting, um, an interesting take. Luther comes out is the aggressor in the beginning of the match, but you know, all of a sudden it's a, a one, two, what's his punch, orange punch and, and, and it's over kind of thing. So it was, it was interesting to watch, but uh, making Cassidy look strong as always. Yeah, you know, I, I thought the same thing. I th this is, uh, you know, your typical, it's not about the match. It's about what happens after the match. Um, expecting, you know, Miro to come out or, or something to happen. But, you know, then it goes to a, another segment or commercial after this and, um kind of left wondering what what this was all about maybe other than just showing us that Cassidy and and, and Chuck Taylor back together that they're they're a thing um really the the whole you know best part of of this match was what actually happened during the commercial break which if you're watching this on TSN you probably didn't get um, if you're watching this on fight, you would have got this part, but there's a uh, a back and forth between Tony and Excalibur about where Luther is being hailed from, and he's being hailed from the Kingdom of Nye. And uh, Tony says to Excalibur, you know, I th I thought you'd know where that is. And there's a little bit of banter that goes on, and then Excalibur just kind of quietly throws in there, oh, yeah, it's just outside of Winnipeg, actually. And I thought, <laughs> shout out to Winnipeg, wrestling capital of the world. Of the world, yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> Luther's actually from Calgary, uh, I believe, but uh, that's cool for Excalibur to shout it out. He, I mean, it makes sense. Luther, good buddies with, um, you know, with Jericho and, and, and Don Callis, part of those death tours. 
um, way back in the day. So, I mean, it all makes sense. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. I, I didn't I didn't get to hear that. Didn't hear that on TSN. But, yeah, Orange Cassidy getting the win. Taylor getting involved. Serpentico getting involved. It was kind of a smash grab of a match, but it is what it is. It, it, it was fine. Again, it was really just about showing Orange Cassidy back with Chuck Taylor. From there, we get a segment. Brian Cage, Taz, and Hook walking out to the ring. Taz calling out Sting. I feel like we're getting much more of the same. Taz's demeanor really isn't any different. I I like how how the confrontation took place, though. You know, Sting pulling out the baseball bat and Taz kind of quickly calling him out on it. And, um, you know, yeah, you've always had that bat. You've always needed that bat. You're pretty much nothing without that bat, which leads to... Sting throwing the bat away, you know, showing, you know, I'm not scared of you guys. And then, I mean, I, 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 feel, <laughs> I feel, I feel like I've blocked this, the rest of this segment from my mind, because if you guys have listened to the podcast in the past, I, I'm very much against elderly abuse. <laughs> and I mean, <laughs> This, uh, I, I was not expecting this. I don't think anybody was expecting what was about to happen, which makes it really, really amazing. What did you think of how this segment ended? Well, I, I should say first that I, I didn't think the segment was even going to go this way. So when Taz calls out Sting, I'm fully expecting Sting to show up on the big screen and not actually be there and pull a yeah. Taz. Um, so when it snowed and all that, I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm, I'm wrong with that. But, um, I mean, what you're referring to is cage power bombing sting sting, taking his first bump in AEW. I mean, I was holding my breath. I, I was literally holding my breath as he was lifting him up and, um, I mean, it looked good. He didn't hold back. And the, 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 for me, for me, is there was really not a sell. And usually when there's not a sell, it means something's went wrong. Right. Um, when they showed the, the shot from above the ring down on this thing, and you could see his eyes, I, I felt better about it that, you know, all was good. It just looks like he was just lying there until he got the cue that they were, they, they went to commercial. But, um, yeah, I, I was holding my breath. What did you think about this spot? For those of you who maybe don't know Sting's history and why this is so concerning, yes, he's a 60-year-old man, but, uh, you know, Flair wrestled well into his 60s and, and, and looked pretty pretty good at, at doing it that's not that's not out of the realm of possibility but this is the first bump that sting has taken in in like six years they said and that bump six years ago was the infamous buckle bomb from seth rollins which essentially ended sting's career or which we thought was going to end sting's career sting immediately kind of retired after that was relegated to a legends contract you know, the, you guys know the rest of the story. So for, for Sting to take this power bomb on, on his injured, you know, the back, which is what his injury was, 
I feel like maybe it was a test for himself. I, I think can can I take this? Cage is a Cage is a good guy. He's a good wrestler. He does things safely. He's strong enough that if something felt wrong, he would be able to manipulate Sting in a way to to keep him safe. the The lift was clean. Sting got his chin tucked. You know, like he threw him down with force by all means. There, like I said, he did not hold back. But I mean, you're still dropping a guy on the area in which he was injured. So I mean, yeah, I held my breath too. I was really, really worried. Um, like you said, when they show that overhead image and you can see his eyes, he's there. He's squirming around. He's moving his hands. You know, things are looking fine. He he looked a lot better than when he took that buckle bomb. Like he couldn't even walk after the buckle bomb. That was that was scary. And and that's a lot more innocent of a move, if you will. So yeah, I was feeling okay. When it came down to um the post show and you know, Tony Giovanni doing the YouTube uh the YouTube show, he was answering a lot of questions and a lot of people were asking how Sting was doing. You know, was that planned? Was that all part of like what's going on? And and Tony kind of had to chuckle. Like, of, of course, it was part of the plan. That's what was going on. He's fine. He's walking around. You know, he'll get it together. He'll be at Revolution. Like, don't worry about it. So that's always good to hear, even though it's kind of breaking kayfabe a little bit. But yeah, it was it was a, it was a moment. Let's see. I, I, just as we're talking about this now, I'm wondering if this wasn't maybe Sting's idea or 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 possibly a response to hey this guy's been here for like five six weeks he's done nothing like is he just going to be here as a a way to get viewers or can he even work and maybe this is just you know before we get to see this match this is uh you know proof proof positive that sting's going to be able to work if he can take a power bomb from from Brian Cage, then then all's gonna be good. I think this is definitely Sting. This is all. This is all Sting. I, I think it's it's part. I I need to test my back to see if I can take a bump. What better way to do it than live on TV? <laughs> kind of thing, maybe. And, and and the other part is, yeah, there's been a lot of talk from from you know the media, the marks, us included. We've questioned it. But yeah, there was a lot of reports saying that he was only going to be doing cinematic matches to help protect him. And I think Sting, being a being a proud individual, says, I don't need protecting. I know what I can do, and, and I'm going to show you guys. And I think that's exactly what this was. So yeah, like I said, it was a moment. It was a little bit scary, but uh, we got through it. <laughs> we got through it together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, from there, we got into another quick segment. Uh, this was This was awkward. I think I think I've used the the descriptions awkward and weird for other AEW segments, and this is this is right up there. But uh, AEW champion Kenny Omega, he's got Don Callis and uh, Nakazawa at his side, and he's he's visiting uh, an elementary school, kindergarten. You know, there's a lot of little kids there, and he's reading passages from Killing the Business, the Young Bucks story. From back from the backyards to the big leagues, um, <laughs> I mean, this is one of those ideas that, yeah, it's good on paper, but in follow through, 
I don't know. This really took the wind out of the episode. This was the low point of the episode, I felt. I don't know. I didn't like it. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. It, um, it's a really, really good idea. But as soon as you have maybe kids involved and and then it's almost like they didn't have enough time to actually do what they wanted with it. I don't know. Yeah, it was a bit weird. But I mean, it, it started right with the introduction of the segment. Uh, you know, how about you tell us about that? Because I think after we're done here, I'm, I'm going to play it 14 more times just to make sure I heard it properly. Oh, yeah. Okay, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, dude, I don't I don't remember how they introduced this, but yeah, I do remember. Um, so yeah, I guess they JR was thrown to the segment as and I mean, you guys, it's live TV. We got to remember. It's live TV. It's JR. You know, JR is he's infamous. He, he's infamous for slips of the tongue so let's be forgiving but he throws to the segment by saying and the camera's caught up with wwe champion kenny omega let's take a look (laughs) i mean i heard it right away and i was just like all right jr you've been really good you've been really good for a year for a year now you've been really good but it was about time you slipped up and that was the slip up. Yeah, it is what it is. At least he didn't say anything, uh, you know, bigotry or, you know, something awful to the ladies. Like we have heard him say before, you know, he, he comes from a different, different area of the United States. Right. So, um, yeah, yeah. I took this with a grain of salt, but the internet is losing their minds. Yeah, I mean, I had a chuckle about it. Uh, I didn't watch this live, so I I really had to rewind it a couple times to. Did I actually hear him say that, um, or was I just making that up? But no, sure enough, he said it. I'm sure they had a laugh about it after. No big deal, no big deal, and uh, you know what? It gave all the the internet trolls and what, you know. They they gave him something to do for for a little while. Yeah, gave all him something to talk and about. Yeah, I think just quickly to to put this into comparison, if this if this was WWE and and something was said or slipped up like this, taking in account when before AEW was ever a thing, and Sammy Sammy Zayn throws out the AEW on the live mic, like that was a big deal. If you if you watched Raw live, you got to see it, you got to hear it. But when you go on the WWE network, soon to be the WWE section of the Peacock network, if you watch that episode, you don't get to hear that. They edit it out. And for, you know, for AEW on TSN's on demand, on Fight TV on demand, you know, wherever you're watching these replays, they're not taking the time to edit that out. It's not that big a deal. It's really not that big a deal. Yeah. So I think that's... And they're likely to... He'll say something about it next week. Oh, yeah. They'll make a joke of it. They'll write it in somehow. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. They might even get him to do it again. Just just for the <laughs> memes. Just for the memes. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's cool stuff. It's cool stuff. Um, I mean, the the other... 
you know, saving grace of this whole this whole segment are the are the kids chanting we hate Nakazawa. That was really funny. Keeping it light. <laughs> and then he gets his ass kicked. And then he gets his ass kicked. <laughs> One kid was looking for something big to dump on him. Did you see that in the background? <laughs> he went to he was like I need a chair. I, I need a chair. I need a chair. Yeah. Where's the kendo sticks? From there, we get into the next matchup of the night. Um, probably the most anticipated matchup of the night. Young Bucks uh, defending the AEW Tag Team Championships against Proud and Powerful Santana and Ortiz. This this was a really good match. It got really sloppy near the end. I, I remember not caring for the ending of this match, but uh, the story was there. Proud and Powerful really showed up. They They showed what they can do. That's been, really been the thing, you know, we kind of talk about Sting kind of coming back and saying, you know, I can do this, you guys, like, just, you know, slow up. I'll show you what I can do. This is Proud and Powerful showing us what they can do. They really uh, pushed the pace of this match. And, um, but yeah, besides the ending, this was really great. I, I enjoyed this one. Yeah, I've always liked Proud and Powerful. I like their, I like their brand of tag team wrestling. and They have some very innovative Things that they do uh, it, it it went really well with how how the young bucks put a match together and i really felt like there was this good mix between okay this is how we do things and then we'll do it how you do things um yeah it got a little bit sloppy i i want to say that matt really missed that one mark there trying to break up that pin like he came in super late he had to jump on top of rick knox in order to break up that that pin i want to say that's not how they they wrote it up in the books um but this whole match all i'm thinking about is the young bucks parents being ringside and they had to have shown them for a purpose and when are we going to see the spot and we're not seeing the spot. And I'm like, what's going on here? We get the pin and still no spot. Um, what did you think about them showing the Young Bucks parents? And did you think they were going to do something? Well, I, it looks like they tried to get something going as Jericho and, and, and MJF kind of got in, in their faces. But they really never came... You know, I I really thought Papa Buck was going to get a face full of MJF or something like that. I really smack him or something like that. But we didn't really see that. There was a little bit of a of an argument and Jericho kind of reels MJF in. And then there's a little bit of a stare down. But yeah, that was it. Yeah, I'm, I was totally expecting Papa Buck to get uh, to get a, a shot in there somewhere. I mean, this all led to Inner Circle getting ejected as MJF tried to get involved. Uh, we talked about MJF maybe getting involved to try to screw Proud and Powerful out of winning. I guess you could kind of argue that it ended up being that way, but it wasn't in direct cause of, of, of the fall. So, I I mean, you could argue, but I mean, we're pretty close in, in that idea. Right, right. Yeah, it was a good match. Yeah, like like you said, Matt almost missing that, that breakup. Uh, Knox really had to had to stall on that after the two like it, it almost looked like those uh the japanese matches on uh in the women's eliminator tournament 
that two, that three comes down so slow sometimes. <laughs> it's just the, um, but needless to say, the Young Bucks retain. They get the win before any celebrations could happen. I mean, Inner Circle comes back, absolutely destroying the Bucks. I mean, we get to see Mama and Papa Buck again, and 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 Mama selling selling the beat down really well here. She's just, she can't take it. My boys, my boys, boo, 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 and all this stuff. It, it was pretty cool to see. Um, but the important thing here is that we go to see in the back, uh, I think we saw them earlier in the night, Kenny Omega, Don Callis, and the Good Brothers watching the match via monitor uh, in the back. We go back to that scene, and uh, they're not rushing to help the Young Bucks. Um, we've seen this tension, uh, in the past many times, this is all Don Callis trying to wedge himself in between Kenny and the Young Bucks. Uh, we're getting to see more of this. Finally, the Good Brothers are, are sent out and, uh, it's a little too late for anything. So I think that's an interesting aspect of this story. Well, Kenny is, you know, a bit animated here. Saying, sure. you know, shouldn't we go out and help them? You know, I'm wearing a blouse. I don't think I should go out and do it. <laughs> Don agrees. <laughs> Is that not a blouse? That That's was a, blouse. a blouse. It's a, it's a blouse. It's got a collar. It's got buttons. It's made of silk. It's a blouse. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the Good Brothers go out. And um, before they get there, because they must have took their sweet ass time. Uh, Brandon comes out oh, for the yeah. save. This makes a lot of sense, right? Um, yeah. Jake destroys him. I can't remember if it was a choke slam or it something. Kind but of he a, took a. Yeah, it was kind of a choke slam ish. Cutler's not good. And it at was on the ramp, right? Yeah, it was. It was on the flat part just before the ring. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the the good brothers come out. They they clear the ring. Jericho and the inner circle are on the outside. And then I finally get the part that I was waiting for. Jericho is in Papa Buck's face. Can't really hear what they're saying, but Papa Buck pushes him. And and I, I like what we get out of this because Jericho's smiling and we've seen him do this before where it's like a, you know, like a smile of respect but Papa Buck, so straight-faced here, man. Like, he played it just really, really good. Like, um, you know, whereas if I push Chris Jericho, like, I'm totally smiling. Like, this is awesome. Like, I just pushed Chris Jericho. Yeah, <laughs> But for he was sure. so straight-faced. When you compare it to other wrestling dads getting involved into storylines, this is up there as one of the better, the better moments. You know, uh, Cena's dad was pretty good in the, in when he was in stories, but I, I can't help but think of Mrs. Dad getting involved. And I mean, we all know the meme. Like, that was bad. He tried. Yeah. He tried. He tried. Uh, so, yeah, this sets up, uh, this sets up an interesting situation for Revolution as Jericho and MJF are going to take on the Young Bucks for the world tag team titles. Um, I, I got to assume Mom and Papa Buck are going to be back for that. That's why else would they get involved here? So we'll see. We'll see. Maybe, yeah, I think uh, so. This will make up for uh, 
the the no the part we didn't get with Hangman's parents being ringside. Yeah. Maybe uh maybe Papa Buck uh, slides into the ring and uh you know causes a causes a distraction and and the Bucks retain. That could be pretty cool. That that would be cool, yeah. Okay, from there we get a quick segment. Brandy Rhodes is on the screen. Um she explains that uh she knows the gender of the baby uh, the baby to be the baby that's coming along. Uh, what better way to do a gender reveal than uh, live on dynamite Cody's music hits. They make their way out onto the ring. The fireworks go off. They're pink big. It's a girl uh, comes up on the screen. There's a little celebration and, uh, and then that was it. They they're actually cut off by, um, by FTR's music. I believe here. Or uh, maybe Seidel's music. I can't remember which ones came out first. But this was, it was really quick, but it was just kind of awkward. And I feel like they could have, I mean, I guess they really wanted to get this news out there. But I would have loved for this to wait until uh, March 3rd. And and on the, in the match with, with Shaq and Jade. And, and maybe, I mean, I, I kind of kind of feel like, Cody and Velvet might win that. And then in that winning, then the fireworks go off and, and then Brandy's there to congratulate or something like that. And maybe that would have been more impactful reveal, but I understand they wanted to get it out there. It was just a little awkward. It was just kind of squeezed in. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Um, it, I really felt like this was just, you know, we, we want to have a moment on the show. Right. It served really kind of no purpose other than than that. And then and then this would have been fine, but like you say, it gets cut off by FTR's music coming in. Um there was no kind of even transition into that. And it it would might have been better if FTR would have acknowledged it. Right. I thought they were going to because they were kind of looking over. Um, but yeah, if they would have like, uh, you know, waved at Cody and, you know, kind of gave him a congratulations and then like did a thumbs down or something like that. Cause they're heel or I don't know, something. Right. It was just, yeah, it was just an awkward place to put it. Come on, well, QT, you can do better than that. Yeah. Come on, get on that format. Uh, this leads right into, as we said, FTR coming out. Uh, they're going to take on the Seidel brothers. This is our first time getting a chance to see Mike Seidel. Um, <sighs> Cody joining commentary for this match. I think Cody did a really good job on commentary during this match. One of his better stints at commentary, we'll say. Um, but as for this match, uh, I was not a fan of this match. Uh, Matt always really good, but Mike, I, I'm not sure what Mike's story is, how long he's been in the business. I, I feel like they said that he's been around for a while, but, uh, maybe there's a reason we've never seen or heard of this guy before. Cause, uh, his timing is off. He was really loose. I, I, I thought he was going to kill himself at one point coming off the top rope. He was doing some kind of inverted 450 splash or something like that. It didn't look great. I don't know. I, I, I couldn't help but fixate on Matt on Mike and it kind of just took me right out of this match. Um 
You know what? I, I can't admit that I, I noticed that. I, I don't think I was into this match at all. Uh, and I can't tell you why. Um, it could have just maybe been the start of it or whatever. Um, I, I was really focused on Cody's parts on commentary. Mm -hmm. So they did mention that Mike was with Matt in Japan. Oh, okay. Um, what's that promotion called? Dragon Force Dragon or Gate? something? Dragon, Dragon Gate, yeah. <laughs> Dragon Gate. <laughs> yeah, no, that didn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> Through the fire and flames. Dragon Force. Yeah. Wrestling. So oh, that sounds yeah, badass. <laughs> I'll watch Dragon Force Wrestling <laughs> <laughs> through the fire and flames. That's badass. That is a okay. good pay per view name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Cody. Cody was. Uh, yeah, this is, this wasn't a great match. I was more focused on Cody. Um, we we get this announcement during during the match during commentary where um, a, a ladder match called the Face of the Revolution ladder match is going to be happening at revolution it's going to include cody uh two other competitors were also announced there's going to be a total of six that are can going to compete and the winner is going to get a shot at the tnt championship at a later time so cody's going to be in this match along with scorpio sky and penta el zero miero and there's going to be three others but they'll be announced later on so, yeah, we're we're getting to find out some more matches about Revolution, and uh, yeah, I'm excited for this one. I think this will be a really interesting, interesting match. I can I can just see the WWE marks, the vanilla marks now. Oh, AEW ripping ripping us off again. Money in the bank match. Like, who cares? Jericho invented the match. Jericho's in AEW. Of course, of course, AEW is going to have a multi-man ladder match that leads to a title shot. That's just wrestling. Settle down. But yeah, yeah. I, I can. I mean, the now. WWE marks are, you know, oh, uh, AEW did a body slam and, you know, they do that <laughs> on WWE. So yeah, they're copying exactly. us. It's wrestling. It's wrestling. It's it's a it's a popular type of match. Yeah. I'm sure every promotion does it. Yeah. Well, Kenta won his in one in New Japan. That's why he has the United States title shot. So right, it is right. what it is. Uh afterwards, uh Doc Samson was coming out uh after the match, Doc Samson was coming out to uh check on Mike. Uh, I believe it was was selling an injury, FTR fumbling trying to steal the bag they couldn't get it open uh we saw this a couple of weeks ago where they uh they get the medical scissors and they had cut luchasaurus's horns off uh they're teasing that they're gonna cut sidell's hair uh this is when the lights go out and we got to see up on the video screen we see luchasaurus's masks with the horns cut off and then he kind of comes out of the darkness he's got a new mask on the horns are there the lights come back on. Jurassic Park are in the ring, and and there's an attack on FTR. Uh, Jungle Boy uh, grabbing uh, Dax in 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 the what what does he call that move? The snap, the snare, snare trap, snare trap. Thank you. And uh, 
Luchasaurus tail whipping Cash and, and absolutely taking him out. Marco Stunt is running around like a chicken with his head cut off. Jurassic Park kind of getting that one up on FTR. Got to think these these four are going at it at Revolution in uh, maybe a kickoff match or something like that. But it'll be yeah, exciting Yeah, I was thinking the see. same thing. Yeah, yeah. It'll be a good way to start the pay-per-view off, that's for sure. It'll be a great match. Interesting to note that Tully was not at ringside due to the snowstorm in the south. Didn't make it there, but it was announced later on in the in the episode. Was the, Okay, was this announced for Revolution? No, I think it's next week on, uh, on Dynamite. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's going to be a six-man tag. FTR with Tully, first match in 100 years versus Jurassic Park. So yeah, I don't know with that with that match being announced, they can still do a straight up tag team match come revolution for sure. I, I don't think that's in jeopardy, but it'll be interesting to right. see Tully back in action, what's gonna happen with that. I mean if we're concerned about Sting <laughs> we should really be concerned about Tully. Because Tully's you know, the sketchers aren't gonna get him through this. <laughs> Centrums? Did you just say Centrums? <laughs> Oh, the Skechers. Oh, the Skechers. The aren't going to get him. The Centrum Vitamins. That's an even better <laughs> joke, I feel. If anybody's watched Price is Right in the mornings. Jeez, that's funny shit. All right, let's 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 keep the show rolling. We're getting off track here. Main event of the evening. We have Eddie Kingston and the family, Butcher and Blade going up against IWGP United States champion John Moxley tagging with Lance Archer and Ray Phoenix. I mean, this is we we've seen this match already in in different forms. I feel it was only a couple of weeks ago where, you know, we had the six-man tag with uh Kenny and the Good Brothers versus uh, you know, Moxley and Archer and Phoenix, I think it was actually. So, it's fine. We've seen AEW do these six-man tags, and they've been getting getting better. I think this one really took a step back. It it, it was just chaos from from the bell ringing. Um, maybe it's the 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 people involved. Maybe that makes a little bit more sense for the people that are involved, being you know Eddie Kingston and the Butcher and the Blade. But uh, I really wasn't into this matchup, not as much as I was in some of the other ones, anyways. What'd you think? Of yeah, one? I was really looking forward to this one. Um, you know, you got Ray Ray Phoenix in there. Um, you're thinking this has got to be good. Uh, you're right. It did seem like just crowded in there, but I mean, you got Lance Archer in there. He's a big dude. You got the Butcher in there. He's a big dude. Uh, Moxley's in there. And then you got a couple of people at ringside and then Bryce Remberg is trying to put himself over like, <laughs> I don't know, just too much, too much going on. Yeah. Bryce, Bryce was pissing me off during this whole match as he always does. But, uh, there was one moment where there was, there was a little bit of confusion. Um, I can't remember who exactly it all starts, but someone gets a dirty shot in. Bryce looks directly at him. He turned around too soon. He looked directly at, saw the dirty shot, turns around real quick, and then turned back and did his, like, oh, what's going on? Why Why is he all of a sudden down? He was standing a minute ago. Like, I can't stand <laughs> that shit, man. If That was a perfect you, impression. 
<laughs> Thanks. That's exactly what he sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. It, it 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 wasn't their best outing. We got to see a lot of really great individual spots, but just as a whole, this was kind of just those classic six man tags that I just despise. What did you think of this Archer choke slam of his partner Ray Phoenix onto Butcher and the Blade, who are on the on the floor? So from the apron, choke slams mm-hmm. them on top of these guys. What did you think of that spot? That was pretty cool. I mean, Luther probably needs to get paid uh, for uh, gimmick infringement on that one, since that's kind of his gimmick is using his partner as a weapon. But it was a pretty cool spot. It looked clean, I guess you could say. You know, they had their discussion. Archer's like, get over here. You know, I'm going to. Phoenix was like, all right. <laughs> he just took it. Yeah, I don't, but... I don't think Phoenix knew what he was going to do, but uh, then puts a twist on it. So while he's in the air being choke slammed, he does that kind of twist around right. and uh, onto those guys like. I don't know. I thought it. I thought it was a crazy spot. Never seen anything like it. I never thought about the whole Luther thing, but yeah, I think you're right. That is gimmick infringement. <laughs> uh, we saw another big uh, leap from uh, from Phoenix over the top rope. Just hang time on that guy. I, I, it's amazing how some people can can jump and it just it's like they're a lead ball to the ground, but this guy just seems to float. It's a pretty amazing. Let, pretty let's amazing just spot. say when AW comes out with their video game, I will. The only character I'll ever be is Ray Phoenix. <laughs> That's a good call. As always, we're going to get a lot of post-match stuff to close out the show. Uh, this episode didn't disappoint. I think all the stuff afterwards was even better than the match. But uh, Moxley grabbing the mic. This is basically his last chance to say something to Kenta before their match on February 26th. I, I got to feel like Moxley's probably not going to be a part of Dynamite next week, being that um, the, the Kenta match is only a couple days later. We're, we'll, we'll see. But uh, he was kind of taking this time to to get his last kind of words and Just Moxley being Moxley here, there's nothing really um, that anything that stands out. But the good brothers come out and, and attack Moxley before he can really finish the promo. This leads to an all-out attack. Omega comes out. Good brothers are holding him up. Omega, blouse in full, uh, had those sh- shiny gator boots on <laughs> that he uh, that they attacked Penta with. He gets a couple kicks in, a couple V-triggers. Um, I'm surprised he could even run in with how tight his jeans were. <laughs> Omega's an athlete, man. You, you can't... Yeah. To put that kind of power behind it, wearing a shirt and pants like that, you know, you, the guy's got... Uh, the guy's got pride, let's say. <laughs> but it was a, it was a cool attack, and um, Omega getting the mic, and, and and you could tell as soon as he started talking, they were running out of time. This this was a very rushed segment. I don't know if that hurt or helped it. I can't really put my finger. I think I need to go back and watch it again. But uh, it was very rushed. Yeah, I don't know. What what did you think about uh, the ending here? Now that you say it, I, I I see what you mean by that. You know, Omega was talking very fast, although he has been doing that in the past when, when he's on live TV. Um, 
So I didn't really catch it, but you're right. They, they, they probably were running out of time and they needed to get this out. Um, because there's some very important information we get here. And then we also, we get a very important kind of move here. I feel, um, where, where Moxley headbutts Omega and, and actually busts him open. Um, I, I think that's really important going forward because at the beginning of this match, they showed a little video promo of, of Moxley and he addresses Eddie Kingston, who he's fighting in this night, Kenta, who he'll be fighting very soon for, for the belt. And then, you know, don't don't leave out Kenny Omega. I'm coming back for that title uh, later on. So it was kind of like this is where we're headed. Um, what what did you think about this announcement that that Kenny uh, explains here on the mic? Yeah, so Kenny kind of um, answering that question as as Moxley, as you mentioned, Moxley says, you know, don't forget about Kenny Omega. I'm coming back for my AEW title. So this is kind of Omega's answer. And while, while Moxley's all tied up with the good brothers, he says, you can have your rematch at revolution, but it's going to be an exploding barbed wire match. And this is where I stop and I go, what the frick is an exploding barbed wire match? Um, this then I got really excited because we had the unsanctioned match at, uh, was that full gear? Full gear, uh, 2019 between Moxley and, and Omega it was friggin' amazing, man. That was match of the night, um, that year. And, uh, you know, we're going to get that kind of death match again, exploding barbed wire death match at revolution here. I, I think they can only, they got to go bigger and better. So that's just going to be awesome. I'm super excited about that. But yeah, this leads to Moxley headbutting Omega. Omega still had his sunglasses on. He had the aviators on. And yeah, it totally busts him open right above right above the brow line there. And uh, we get that cool image of, um, you know, after a couple more V-triggers, uh, Omega standing tall in the ring and, and him just showing a little bit of color and kind of having a psychotic look in his eyes. Pretty cool. Yeah, super excited. Yeah, it was an awesome way to end the the night. So yeah, overall, it was a great show. There was a couple of little low points there in the middle, but uh, AEW always does a good job of bringing it back. Uh, I, I really want them to stay away from these six-man tags. I think they spoiled us with a couple good ones. Let's uh let's put it on the back burner for a little while. Stay away from the six man tags, but I get that you gotta have everybody on TV. I get that. Yeah, with only being a two hour show, it's uh you know that many fewer matches they can have. It wasn't the worst one we've seen, but it could be better. For sure, for sure. All right. Uh, well, that's our show. That's episode fifty two from here from us here at IWP um can't wait to get into year 2 uh exciting stuff i hope you guys liked the new format uh, i i enjoy this a little bit more we can talk longer about some of these parts uh of dynamite the more important stuff to talk about anyways we don't have to feel so rushed better conversations and cut the dead weight and BTE and dark uh, i'm excited going forward for this next year of IWP. 
yeah, season two is going to be fantastic. Stay tuned, everyone. Wrestling is is uh, the future of it is is so bright, and uh, you know we're probably going to be having to add in more segments, especially if we get more New Japan stuff, uh, more AAA stuff. Um, yeah, it, it's it's uh, it's going to be an exciting second season to IWP. For sure, for sure. And for those of you who have only ever joined us for the audio only version, um, I think that was about episode 30, 34, 35 is when we went audio only. If you guys want to check out some of those early, early episodes, they are still available on our YouTube channel. Just search Impromptu Wrestling Podcast. You can go check out the early days um, of IWP. Some pretty interesting stuff. Uh, enjoy those opening, those cold open bits we used to have fun doing. Uh, we got to bring those back somehow. We'll think about it. We'll think about it. But with that, (laughs) with that being said, thanks for listening, everybody. Don't forget to like, subscribe, leave your, oh no, we're not on YouTube anymore. Make sure you're subscribed uh, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, all of the above. Leave those five-star ratings and we will catch y'all next week. Peace.